0: Good afternoon to you, Benjamin Mayo. This is a very formal introduction for this show. How are you doing? I'm good. <laughs> do well. What time is it for you right now? Is it's it is 4 o'clock.
1: Oh, Jesus. 10 o'clock here. It's
0: a.m. Wow. I like I how really... you're saying this as if it's a new revelation. We've literally been doing the show for five years across two time zones. I just don't think about it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, anyway, good
1: afternoon. Uh, uh, do, do you get the reference? No. Ah, so you must not have seen Spirited on Apple TV Plus. I haven't. No. Okay. Yet. Okay. Well, if anyone who has seen it, good afternoon. Uh, if, just a few things I'll say. Uh, because it's an Apple TV Plus movie, they show they do like a little bit of like a time, uh, change, and they include I think at least three generations of iMac designs. it's it's those it's those things that you think that you probably wouldn't see that if it wasn't for this being an apple tv plus movie so is it one of the movies where they just made it and bought it from from apple or did it it, was that in mind when they made the movie
0: oh is no it's it's the second it's the latter for sure because okay it was ordered in a it was ordered like 2020 and it was like a hundred million dollar bidding war. Apple bought it and then so it was produced after they bought it. If you see what I mean? So they, yeah, and this is it, this it's, is it's the, not, it, yeah, because Coda was like made for Sundance and then Apple bought it out of Sundance, but this was commissioned right. by Apple up front, yeah. So. Okay, yeah.
1: And it is, this is the, the Will, Will Ferrell and uh, and and uh, the other guy, Ryan Reynolds. The, <laughs> yeah, um, did I mean, you like it? Was it they, any good? So I, I watched it. And uh, it's, you know, it's it's the take on uh, what is it called? The Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol. Carol. Yeah. Um, with that in mind, I think it's and if you like Will Ferrell, I suppose, then it it's a it's, it's an entertaining movie. Okay. So, yeah, it's entertain Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of goofy. I, I think I don't know if we mentioned it on the podcast last week, but I, I remember I was talking to you about how reactions from what what, what i've seen like a few people were like i loved it A few people were like i hated it yeah <laughs> it was always the time um i can see why people would not like it but if you know what you're in for then i think it's an entertaining
0: hour and a half or
1: so so
0: yeah i mean i haven't watched it yet but i get the impression it's not hard-hitting must-see material it's like you know somewhat disposable light and airy fun for an hour and a half or whatever yeah yeah i, I
1: think it does have cameos from jimmy fallon as like from the tonight show uh which made me think of because it's another you know the other apple angle like it just made me think of the iphone 6 and 6 plus ad where tim cook like ran the ads for the 6 and 6 plus on the did the event and then he was like do you know who they are <laughs> it's like it's jimmy fallon and justin timberlake or whatever still it. one
0: of the most <laughs> awkward segments of any yeah. apple presentation ever because like obviously Fallon and Tim Blake are pretty big celebrities, but the the ad didn't feature them on screen, it was only their voice. And they were doing yeah. like voices for the commercial. Yeah, so he was it, like ah. Uh... Yeah, so it wasn't it was by no means obvious who it was at all. And he was like, <laughs> You know who these people are? And everyone's like, Who? He's like, It's Jimmy Fallon, just Tim Blake. We're like, Oh <laughs> It was very awkward. It was definitely it was up there with the um U two finger touch for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> uh
1: so so i watched i watched spirited uh got that off my list uh it, i mean it, it, to me it's like if you have just a, you just want to put on something in the background and like kind of so that's how i started and then i paid more attention to it over time so um it's it's a solid b plus um i also watched causeway on apple tv plus over the last week um had some you know just i guess some free time after the holidays with thanksgiving here and um, that's the Dinner for Lawrence movie, uh, where it's it's she's recovering from uh, brain injury, and she's uh, out of the military where she she had the brain injury, and she's back home in New Orleans where she's transitioning back to back to life. And um, that one, I mean, it, it's it, it's I I enjoyed that as well. Like not as not much like entertaining, but just like you know, just kind of interesting, fascinating. You know, watching characters develop and and then. You know, it's, it was just kind of like an odd
0: movie, like oh, you know. So, yeah, and that one was a acquisition, like a... that one was an acquisition. Yeah, right. yeah. I want to watch that. I think it, I like Jennifer Lawrence. So I'm going to watch that for sure. I just I'm waiting. My my new TV is coming next week, so I'm kind of holding off on stuff when I can enjoy it in full resolution. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: You're getting the mega TV. That's awesome. Yeah. The I think part of the appeal to you is you know obviously I like Jennifer Lawrence as well, and then it's it's new orleans and so there are like references and um scenery in the you know i mean you, you see the superdome in new orleans where the saints play and uh so i, I liked that that touch too and I, and i was very aware when watching this like if those things mean nothing to you then you don't get that appreciation out of the movie but otherwise i mean it's a it's a you know it's a story so
0: and while we're talking about movies emancipation reviews came out that's the will smith film they go, he yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, pretty positive. If Smith hadn't slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars, Apple would probably be looking at you know Best Actor, Best Picture nominations. Uh, as it stands, who knows? Because there's a big question mark about whether anyone's going to want to vote for him or not in the circumstances. He's doing press for the movie. When I guess from the from the the viewing
1: that was held, yeah, or the screening, something, yeah. yeah, and I think he, I think Will Smith kind of was like too on the nose about it. I mean, we we've all referenced it that it's kind of for for a comeback movie. It's kind of you know fitting for it,
0: but but he, which is a complete he, coincidence because obviously the film was yeah. shot before the it ever happened. happened. Yeah, yeah. But he he just came out and said it. It was
1: like it means a lot to me. It's kind of poetic. It means a lot to me right now in my life, especially with with you know current events with in my life. It was just like. I don't know if he should actually just come out and say that. Just let people think it. But anyway, uh, also the the, the uh, so the, there's some there's some new stuff coming on TV Plus as well. And uh, besides the anticipation, that's December the ninth, right?
0: Yeah, that's next week. Yeah, it's in. It's getting the limited theater release today for awards eligibility, and it'll be streaming. Yeah, for next week. Yeah, what so I reckon this, it's going to this... be a pretty big movie for them because. You know, it's Will Smith, who's a big actor, and obviously he's got all the controversy around him as well. So people will want to tune in to, you know, either either jeer or praise, depending on your perspective. So I think it's going to yeah. be a big movie for Apple.
1: Yeah. You know, I guess that releasing the movie that was already made or already ready to go before the incident is like one thing, but it'll really be something, you know, specific to Will Smith when he's tapped for another role and something that hasn't been made before then. Mm.
0: Mm, you know, so uh, Slow Horses yeah yeah that's yeah. A tv series first season came out in april uh they're like six parts seasons so there's six episodes per season so that apple commissions commissions two of them at a time because it's like 12 episodes basically a season of, you know of, of some of their other dramas so they commission two seasons at a time which means you get it sooner so I, I enjoyed season one it's gary oldman it's like a spy uh spy action thriller thing about you know, Gary Oldman leads a MI5 division of Rejects. It's, it's good. Uh, season 2 starts today, so you can tune into oh, that. Cool. I would, I'm definitely watching that. Nice. And we had a teaser trailer for Shrinking, which is the new project uh, starring Jason Segel and Harrison Ford, among others, <laughs> uh, hailing yeah. from Brett Goldstein, uh, who uh-huh. most people know as Roy uh, from Ted Ricket. Lasso, That's and cool. um... What's his name? Bill Lawrence, who obviously did Scrubs and was also Ted Lasso, executive producer. So. Yeah. And that's coming yeah. out on January 27th. The The teaser trailer was Seagal jumping him down on a trampoline for 30 seconds. So uh-huh. you don't really get any of the gist of the actual plot from the teaser, but yeah. there you are. Yeah. The actual show is about um as a shrink. That's why it's called shrinking. He's like a therapist mm-hmm. and he's, you know, off the beaten path and some yeah. kind of comedy plot around that. Not to be confused
1: with The String next door, which is also an Apple TV Plus series. Um, that one was with Will Ferrell. This one, like you said, Jason Segel. Uh, Her- the Harrison Ford part, like that's it's it's Harrison Ford's first project for Apple TV Plus. I think maybe Jason Siegel's as well, but
0: um, Harrison Ford, kind of a big name. So, I yeah, Segel was in um a film that I think nobody watched at all, which is saying something, <laughs> even on the scale of Apple's benchmarks. Uh, the sky is everywhere. It came out for Valentine's Day this year on Apple. Uh, Can't Seagull confirm a, I did not watch it. Yeah, Yeah. Seagull had a very small part in that, but this is his, like, yeah. big debut for sure. Cool, yeah. So,
1: yeah, like you said, the, the teaser, which is very much a teaser versus being a trailer, Uh, it, it's, it's it's him jumping up and down on a trampoline with, like, different facial expressions, plus, I guess, the other cast, it goes through them, and then at the very end of it, Harrison Ford just walks by Um in a very plain background area where it's like Jason Segel on the trampoline and then Harrison Ford like kind of like grumpily walks behind him. And to me that just, it, it's so basic looking. It looked like the i Mac and I'm a PC ads and like mm. Segel would be like the Mac and, and Ford would be the, the PC, but the Mac was being annoying and the PC was disgruntled or something.
0: <laughs> That's the vibe I got from that. Yeah. And since we mentioned it already getting a new TV next week, very excited to watch all this apple tv plus stuff on it because you know uh, unlike a lot of the other services everything they do is in 4k hdr w vision so um i'm ready and strapped in i've got the apple tv 4k i've got the this week i got the uh insanely expensive hdmi cable you need that has that supports the full <laughs> bandwidth of the spec. So i can get you know full bit rate um 4k hdr w vision and then the tv delivers on monday so yeah i'm looking forward to it uh and you got the cutie cutie oled cutie, cutie oled baby yeah we're cutie, going all cutie, out we're going all
1: out the adorable oled yeah that's <laughs> awesome I'm, I'm
0: jealous i'm gonna i'm gonna make a trip across the ocean and come come
1: watch your tv with you so.
0: the um the hmi cable is from belkin and it must be like i think it's the one that they sell on the apple store as well but i bought it from amazon uh, and it actually has an apple tv logo on it like i guess it's part of the apple and belkin partnership on the cable itself on the on the box it has like on the box okay yeah it has like and a, a generic picture of a phone, a generic picture of a TV, and then an Apple TV, like fully logoed. Oh, nice. Yeah, I guess, uh, I guess Apple and you have some sort of relationship on, on that. So yeah, that's um, a little Apple TV Plus update. Some good stuff coming out very, very soon. Happy Hour This Week is brought to you by Charge ASAP. Originating in Sydney, Charge ASAP has been creating highly innovative charging accessories since 2016. They've relied heavily on crowdfunding to get projects off the ground and have successfully delivered all of their back products to customers in more than 130 countries. The latest culmination of their efforts is the Zeus 270 watt GAN charger. This is the world's first 270 watt charger with a total maximum combined output across all four USB ports to hit that 270 watt level. That's three USB C ports and one USB A port in this compact charger. The USB-C ports can hit 140 watts, 100 watts, and 100 watts each. And that 140-watt USB-C port is is really powerful. It can fast charge a 16-inch MacBook Pro M1, delivering the same power to the laptop as the bulky MagSafe charger that Apple ships it with. Plus, an integrated OLED panel on the Zeus charger displays real-time charging volts and amps of your connected devices. And yet, the Zeus Charger is really, really small. Great for portability. It even has a 2 way foldable US prongs. So order the Zeus Charger now through the company's Kickstarter campaign with early bird backer pricing starting at just $109. Final products are expected to ship in May 2023 for a retail price of $219. So order and save by backing now. Thanks to Charge ASAP for sponsoring the show.
1: So the Twitter... Elon Musk's story has gone s- straight into Apple territory. Uh, I mean, it's it's already been interesting to watch this because we use Twitter and we care about Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> and we're aware of who Elon Musk is. But it, it became very much an Apple story this past week because uh, Elon Musk tweeted earlier this week that um, he, said, he said, "quote Apple has mostly stopped advertising on Twitter. Do they hate free speech in America?" And, quote. Uh, so that was, that was the big thing. Uh, mostly stopped doesn't mean stopped, but, and you could easily scroll Twitter and find an ad by Apple that was advertising the Black Friday, Cyber Monday deals. (laughs) It's like, or just holiday shopping in general so yeah the word mostly is carrying
0: a lot of weight there because no one could really prove whether it was true or not right (laughs) if you saw an ad it was like well they an ad but maybe it's mostly reduced budget
1: (laughs) yeah and there was some data that came out um i believe it was the washington post who first reported that uh twitter their their biggest client in q1 of 2022 was apple and that apple was responsible for four percent of their total revenue for that quarter which seems i mean if you you know you know okay well four percent is their biggest client uh that that seems pretty significant
0: yeah Uh, that's a big customer for considering how many people can advertise on on the platform and it it translates to like you know 50 million dollars a quarter i think for apple in terms of spend um which is nothing if you look at apple's pockets but it's pretty big when you look at twitter's total you know quarterly revenue is like a billion or whatever like 50 million is like a decent chunk um yeah so they're obviously a big player and you know elon's been having this kind of laying this tapestry of narrative that since he's taken over the company all the advertisers have stopped spending with them they're worried about i don't know free speech rubbish or something or i mean more realistically they're just worried that elon's um, a bit off the chain and would do every everyone's a moment's notice and they don't want to be associated with it uh, but musk obviously paints it in the free speech kind of angle and that no comp- and that he's you know he's being diminished uh or, he- or twitter's being diminished because they are forging this free speech path or you know whatever that means even though it's so weird because like on what like one day musk will tweet about you know vox populi opening up to the people and then the day he's like well we are going to have rules about this this and this and you're not going to have to be inciting violence you're not allowed to do this this, and this so he tries to kind of walk both paths at least that's how it seems to me and if you go by twitter's actions they've reinstated some you know controversial accounts including obviously the former president uh they have stopped policing covid misinformation on the platform um but otherwise i think the rules still apply. They've gutted a lot of the safety team, right? So that's a big indicator that stuff's going downhill. Uh, but I don't think there's been any other, any other sweeping policy changes just yet. there's like the problem with the Musk situation is there's a lot of bluster, a lot of talk, and then you actually have to wait to see or what actually rolls out. Because look at Twitter Blue, like that came out all guns blazing a month ago, and then within the week it was changed. Within an, two days it was changed, and another two days it was removed for for changes. And it's still it was meant to come back on the twenty eighth of November. And that date came and passed. Now it's been delayed again for unspecified changes and tweaks. So. I,
1: I wrote on, on Monday in a story, at, at the time of writing Monday night, Twitter Blue is supposed to come back this, this Friday, December 2nd. And I wrote that there's, there's just too many days between Monday and Friday to know whether or not that will happen as planned and it was the next day (laughs) when it was um, reported that Twitter Blue was not going to make it on December 2nd, that the effort was to skirt the 30% um, App Store fee for subscriptions. Yeah, because following
0: on from his tweet about free speech and censorship, uh, Musk also started a tirade about the 30% cut, like he said. Did you know Apple puts a secret 30% tax on everything you buy through the App Store? Uh, which was said, <laughs> and then like the top reply was somebody tweeting like Steve Jobs introducing the seventy thirty split <laughs> the yeah, the like yeah, the iPhone and um, like developer keynote in like two thousand seven or two thousand eight, sorry, because the App came out. Um, and obviously, it's not secret; it was announced. And what's hilarious is that anybody in the industry. The thirty percent cut's been the topic of conversation for years at this point, like <laughs> the epic trial, you know, all of that stuff. And um, if you're talking to a random stranger on the on the street, obviously they don't have a clue. But that's like most of the technology topics; people just don't know about that sure. stuff. But if you're in the industry, like it's not a secret; it's a, it's, a, it's a blatant fact. And what's even more hilarious is like Musk chose to launch Twitter Blue exclusively on iOS initially. Yeah. So the only way he could make yeah. money was by giving a thirty percent cut to apple in in the process like and he's tweeted about some people were like going oh i think what happened is uh twitter blue launched then musk realized that he was only getting 70% of the money and was like what the what the heck's going on here where's the other yeah. going where's the other thing gone and a subordinate told him well we have to give 30% to apple that's just a that's just not true because musk has complained about the 30% cut before like months ago even before he, he acquired twitter he's he's said that yeah. you know apple's and google's control of the app Store is unfair uh, the, Tax the internet, yeah yeah there's attacks on the internet etc cetera, etc cetera. but they willingly blasted ahead and launched this thing uh with ios being the only purchase route not having an, a web purchase option not having an android option ios only on that you know late october launch and then only a month later he's complaining about like the commission being too high or existing at all it's a it's existing, a very oh, yeah. flip-flop flip 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 flip-flopping circumstance
1: And prior to Twitter Blue being by verification, some other perks, it it was a different set of features and it was available through iOS, but also through Android and also through the web. You could buy it through the web. Uh, And so I I think the the, the way that he framed it at least was that because they weren't doing identity verification for verification, they were using the... The payment method as a layer of verification, and so it was kind of like leaning on Apple and the and then the payment method to to say this is a person and not a you know spam bot, and, and saying well you can't just have access to a credit card or a bunch of credit cards. You also got to have an Apple ID account, and that's a barrier to prevent spam. Which obviously, I mean, did, didn't help with when you could buy the verification. I mean, that didn't stop anybody from abusing it. Um, uh, he must also tell you this week. Apple has also threatened to withhold Twitter from its app store, but won't tell us why. Um, that was one of those things where he just said it, and then that there wasn't any. Like oftentimes, he'll he'll just show information like documents or screenshots or whatever of what he's talking about. In that case, there wasn't anything, um, so it was just kind of hanging out there. Uh, so that was strange, but it, I mean, it had also been. Um, written about the New York Times from the the former head of, um, of of safety at Twitter that security and safety that Apple had uh, at times app review had butted up against Twitter and talked about you know potentially not approving updates because of moderation and because you could do things like uh, search hashtag boobs and find adult content on Twitter and that Apple didn't like that uh, but it's also one of those things where app review. It's not like a Tim Cook led uh, strategy, or uh, everybody is not like run by his desk, even if it is Twitter. And so that's a situation that you know maybe Musk does not know about this, but that there are so many instances of App Review giving pushback, um, not necessarily saying we're going to pull your app, but saying you know you're not going to get this update through without that, or you need to address this, or just heads up this is something we're looking at. That's just how the App Store works and the App Review process works. So. Um, i I think that kind of got blown out of proportion maybe
0: any comment you get from app review you can't take a face value because you don't know whether it's true or not or they made a mistake or even even if you get an uh, you can get an update approved and then the very next update it gets rejected for a completely different reason it's like well you know for a feature that existed in the previous update so app review you have to take with a with a pinch of salt at at any opportunity i've been rejected plenty of times for reasons that were stupid and they get overturned eventually or you know i have to change something but it's not written in like i don't know it's like a whole it's a whole mess. Um yeah. and but it is true that social media apps have definitely faced the brunt of App review before and had to make changes. I mean, most famously Tumblr, right? It, its policy on um adult content was completely changed and flipped on its head because of Apple. Uh Parler was the, you know, the controversial um social networking app that came out as a quote free speech uh, platform that was rejected that was pulled from the App Store because they weren't moderating enough they changed their moderation policies to some degree and apple let them back on the store like this stuff happens all the time uh and the idea that like like even the thing about like twitter you know then people searching for for like app reviewers are searching for keywords and uh threatening like that that stuff has gone on for 10 years like yes on every on a- any platform all sorts of platform reddit clients have also been affected by it like Obviously, there's a lot of adult content on Reddit if you go and look for it. And so any of the third party Reddit apps that exist out there, you can very easily get a reviewer who for some reason decides, well, I'm going to type this in and then look at this. Okay, your app's rejected. It's like, well, what are you going to do about it? And then the official Reddit app, uh, I think like NSFW content is just not enabled at all by default. You have to go to the web to enable it if you want to because of app review. Like there's all these like things that these apps have just slowly over time added to sat to to placate the app review team at one point or another so you have to be so careful with some sort of blanket statement like apple is gonna just remove twitter from the app store like they're pretty amenable to the big apps like facebook and twitter you'd have to do something really bad to get immediately pulled like elon musk just taking the company is nowhere near enough for them to bring down the band hammer. like they'd give you chance after chance to change and adjust and adjust policy right yeah
1: I think even apps like One Password, for example, have had to give um, like the highest age limit, like 17 plus or something, on the app store because they have a web browser in the app, which can lead to adult content on the web. So that's that's kind of a big reach there. But that's just how that how that has worked. Um, also, I, I guess historically, like the biggest example of of a major app having some kind of big pushback from Apple that you might not expect is when Facebook was using the um, the profile system to allow, they were doing like a VPN thing and they were paying uh, kids to do, like share their VPN data with Facebook and you installed it through the profile system versus through the app store. And as a response, Apple shut down like their whole enterprise um, solution for for distributing apps and people on facebook's campus like couldn't use their internal apps to you know open doors and stuff and pay for lunch so that was a pretty big one and the other thing is that, that didn't actually result and and that wasn't like the facebook app was removed from the app store it was just internal stuff from facebook couldn't be distributed um via via the app you know apple's profile system but uh the other one is that's pretty big is, is Uber and and Apple never did remove Uber from the app store, but there was the whole thing where they were limiting how Uber operated at Apple's campus so that things, a, a way of tracking information couldn't be seen during app review, but it would work everywhere else for Uber. Um, and that was a, a big story and involved a lot of like one-on-one time between Uber's Uber CEO and Tim Cook, but it never did result in the, in the app being removed. So I don't think app app app, you know, I mean, you see things like Spotify will not get app updates through if they just don't if they blatantly ignore the app store policies, even if they disagree with them. Um, Epic Games, you know, with Fortnite, they release an update and then changed it after the fact on their end to allow you to to buy credit in the game without using an app purchase. Those are things that are like just super (laughs)
0: like they're like knowingly going up against app store policy. Um, but and even in the are, epic guess- case until it mm-hmm. went actually to court apple said yeah. like if you take out the in-app purchase stuff that you know you the, the internet purchase stuff we didn't approve we'll let you out your app be back on the store like yeah they, they are when you're a big big company like if you're a small if you're a small company or individual and app review goes against you you're kind of screwed because no one's there to help you out but if you're a big company trafficking billions of dollars of commerce through the iphone yeah, apple's pretty lenient like in most cases uh, you have to be really extreme to just get a blanket ban you know
1: yeah so all of that was tuesday and by wednesday well one more thing i'll add is that it has been reported that twitter is uh maybe, actually maybe that was wrong i'm not going to mention it but it, uh, <laughs> it was it was a crypto related method of of paying for uh twitter blue but i'm not sure that that was that was real
0: uh, so i don't know if that, that will... particular report was real but musk has spoken about the idea of integrating some sort of cryptocurrency payment solution into the twitter platform because he sees that as a longer term form of monetization that yeah. uh, obviously that would face you know app reviews wrath in terms of having to share commission and stuff and i that's yeah. not launching anytime soon i don't think yeah
1: I, I was up late last night so i'm mixing joke tweets with reality but anyway <laughs> um that was all tuesday on wednesday Elon Musk tweeted out. Uh thanks at Tim Cook for taking me around Apple's Beautiful HQ (laughs) and included a video of Apple Park and the duck pond without any ducks inside in the pond. Uh, And you saw Apple's campus and all the all of the forestry. Uh, You didn't see Elon, you didn't see Tim Cook, but you saw two shadows and uh (laughs) I mean my first reaction was like is he trolling? Because he trolls, right? uh it, mark Erman had tweeted that shadow looks like tim cook you can tell by the glasses in the shape of his head basically it's like oh we're really basing this on the shadows like <laughs> this is something um and, and then i guess uh a- after that john gruber during fireball had said that he'd heard the little birdies say that uh elon was at apple's campus today doing a tour and that before he even had reported it, it you know, ran it or tweeted or whatever Elon had said it himself so that seemed like okay it really did happen um, hours later he he tweeted uh, Elon tweeted good conversation among other things we resolved the misunderstanding about Twitter potentially being removed from the app store Tim was clear that Apple never considered doing so so that was a, a very short war <laughs> that was a very short war yeah yeah <laughs> who knows <of> all-
0: <laughs> what on earth did Musk and Cook discuss that I, I think Musk just went crazy on Twitter, and then Tim was just like, "Chill out a little bit." <laughs> well,
1: and I think you know, not not to be like the media, but there were certainly reports of like, um, you know, setting up the big war between Apple and Twitter based on Elon's tweets. Of course, there was like nothing from Apple comment, you know, commented or any, or you know, certainly not a Tim Cook reply on Twitter to Elon Musk, you know, uh, and. And you know, I, I think it was pretty well handled that it becomes an in-person meeting the next day.
0: That you take all the heat out of the room, you know, and, and everything cools down. Um, <laughs> and I think it even I, led I, to Musk <laughs> deleting some of his earlier critical tweets about the thirty yeah. percent. Like some of the meme tweets he had were were deleted. As- yeah, he, he he took them away.
1: Yeah. Um. So what? What you know? What, like practically speaking, I, I imagine that this is Tim cook explaining to Elon Musk about how app store review works and the nature of that and how they have policies, but that, you know, even if you get a a message or even if it was the one about hashtag boobs years ago, that it's not Apple saying we're going to remove Twitter because of you reinstating people, you bringing back accounts, et cetera, et cetera. It's that this is how we treat This is how we make sure that the apps were a safe place, et cetera. Um, What's curious though is, is what, what about the 30%? So I can't imagine Tim Cook being like in the 30% thing you've got, you know, if you keep a subscription for a year, it goes down to 15%. So it really isn't 30, but you've got to have a continuous subscription for Twitter blue from each user for that to go into effect. Are you okay with that? And I can't imagine Elon being like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I I have to imagine that there was some kind of a deal struck or like talk of a deal like that made Elon not complain about the thirty percent anymore like like some kind of a trade um mm. and and it it just, it reminds me of you know just using my imagination but it reminds me of how Amazon and Apple struck a deal to put Apple products on Amazon store and it. and. Amazon did an Apple TV Prime Video app for the uh, for TV OS, uh, and then they had the whole program where if you take advantage of, I guess, search on the Apple TV in the Twitter app and oh, up Twitter, next the, queue, the TV app, that kind right, of right. Yeah. If you fill these features in, we'll give you a better rate for.
0: for for, for revenue. Yeah, so you got fifteen um, percent instead of thirty if you were a yeah, without premium the one partner year. video app. Which is and yeah. those terms were arranged with Amazon like in advance, and then that program mm-hmm. was opened up to anybody. But like essentially yeah, it, Apple hashed <laughs> it out as part of their deal with Amazon to get Apple products yeah. on there and vice versa. And then, and then and they were yeah. like later okay, everybody can join this program now. <laughs> Here you go.
1: Yeah, it was, it was billed as like, that's existed forever or something new. And it was like, Canal Plus did it or something. Oh, I, I should <laughs>
0: re- remind, the other big crucial part of that deal is that if you have an existing payment method for an account, you're allowed to use that to transact. So Amazon Prime Video, if you, if you already have your credit card associated with Amazon Prime Video and you go and rent a film through the iPhone, you can buy it using your Amazon credit card and Apple doesn't take any cut at all.
1: Which is Which pretty is big.
0: Pretty big. And that's still like a, that's a car that exception just for the premium partner, premium video partners. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So in in that, with that idea in mind, I was thinking like, you know, something, you know, it, it probably not something as silly as this, but like, you know, if, if you bring live activities to the Tesla app, we'll, we'll play ball or like, but there's already, is existing thing where it's widely expected that Apple music will come to Tesla cars this month and, and an end of the year update uh then they're i mean so this, that's i, I could also imagine you know them saying look you're doing napoleon music what if if you bring a uh, podcast and tv plus because tesla's can do video all part? um then then we'll also <laughs> we'll be we'll be we'll make a deal you know for the for the twitter blue stuff um the biggest thing i guess would be carplay if you do carplay in tesla that'd be wonderful for us because we could say that all manufacturers use carplay Um, uh, but that one just seems like too big of a leap um so you know all all of those probably not real um but i do wonder is there a category like the apple tv perks that that twitter blue and twitter specifically could fit into where it it, you know whether it becomes a program for others
0: in the future or it's already a thing that we just don't know about well you know the reader apps rule right like you can get a single link to log in on the web and sign up on the web instead if you classify as a reader app and right now reader apps is apple's definition including you know music streaming video services book apps newspapers it wouldn't be too much of a reach for them to include like social media services <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. the definition of a reader app is completely arbitrary uh and it, there you go like, they, they do, like that wouldn't be too crazy and they still you know it's it's faded away res- in the recent months just because of the you know the tides and turns of regulation but the the whole App Store monopoly problem still exists, and maybe Apple has been plotting a big remedy solution for the EU, for the US, for the US courts to assess, and perhaps Cook just said, "Look, Musk, we we, we you know we're doing some stuff. Just chill out a little bit. That thirty percent cut. There's going to be some exceptions, you know, in the future. Just just wait a little bit. Like that is not unreasonable. Uh, to imagine might may have happened. Uh, it could, he may also have just said." have placated the fact that the Twitter app's not going to be removed anytime soon and the, they had a discussion about the 30% cut but it wasn't like you know promised anything either way yeah and, but and basically just Muscle in three months time restart his complaints about the 30% cut but <laughs> yes. for now he's for now he's he's satisfied you know yeah Dan-
1: Daniel Elk and uh, Spotify and Tim Sweeney of Epic Games uh, they they both take advantage of this to sort of you know promote their um, Apple's unfair, you know, a, a legitimate campaign to change the policy about how um, they're able to compete on the App Store and on the iPhone. Uh, also, just last thing I'll mention on this, it, it, you just have to recall back a few quotes from, from Elon and one being um, calling Apple the company the Tesla graveyard because people who didn't make it at Tesla would go to, in his words, go to work at Apple, um, on, obviously on their, on their car project. Um, that was something a few years ago. And then, and then also even more interesting, I think was the, the report that Elon, when Tesla was not doing so well, several years ago, requested a meeting with Tim Cook about the, you know, potentially selling Tesla to Apple and that he never, he didn't get that meeting because his request was that he wanted to be CEO and and Tim says, CEO of Tesla, absolutely. And he says, no, CEO of Apple. And he's like, the 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 report is that Tim Cook was like, F no, and hung up. Um, <laughs> unclear how truthful so, that story is. Uh, unclear how truthful. Uh, Tim Cook said that they never spoke or met. And of course, there were pictures of Tim Cook and Elon Musk at Donald Trump's um, round table of tech innovators, et cetera, so um but yeah all all of that all of that is in the back of my mind when you see the shadows of tim cook and elon musk walking around the duck pond with no the apple park the apple pond. Park. i
0: just think it's hilarious that he was denigrating apple from limb to limb and the very next day he's getting like a private tour of apple park it's just yeah. such a 180 in 24 hours happy hour this week is also brought to you by linkedin every potential new hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available so you can make a decision with confidence. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. LinkedIn is just so ubiquitous. My brother started his first job out of uni recently and I know that LinkedIn was one of the places that he went through to find a job. So to reach an audience of the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people, Go on LinkedIn Jobs at linkedin.com slash happy hour and create a free job post in just minutes. Making a post is really easy. You can get started with the title, job description, place of work and employment type. And you also list the necessary skills that you're looking for. And when you add your job post, you can add the job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word even more to signal directly that you're hiring and boosting the reach across your personal network so they can help you connect to the right people. When you make the job post, you can add screening questions to filter and focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience for what you're looking for. So you can target the most qualified applicants and quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And that's just some of the reasons why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs the number one job site in delivering quality hires compared to the leading competition. So finish the year strong by finding the right team member for your business with LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com. Slash happy hour. That's linkedin.com slash happy hour to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks to LinkedIn jobs for sponsoring the show.
1: I do want to keep this family friendly, but on the topic of Twitter and um, concerns of Apple by Apple about what's what content is showed you know through an app from the App Store. Um, it reminded me that in TweetDeck, I use a, a, a column for the search term CarPlay to find. You know, information about people talking about CarPlay, maybe new apps with CarPlay that I can keep um my my app list of CarPlay apps updated. And that's that's a search term CarPlay where like it, it's it's Apple's brand for the car stuff uh you know through the iPhone. But if they wanted to, to ban search terms that would bring up inappropriate content or adult content, that would have to be one of them because my tweet deck column is I keep it off the main page, I have to scroll to it because it streams in anything with carplay you mentioned and there's oftentimes just a lot of adult content that goes through that search term so uh don't think i wanted to mention but yeah uh, I,
0: I have tweet deck search columns for apple tv stuff and there's plenty of adult content that flows you there too <laughs> like they exist on these platforms they are there and yeah. depending on the month app review decides to make a stink about it or not <laughs> yeah yeah um
1: also, you know, I want to discuss Mastodon mainly because Tapbots, the maker of the makers of Tweetbot, have released uh, an alpha version of a Mastodon client for the iPhone called Ivory. It's strongly based on Tapbots or Tweetbot for the iPhone. They're also working on a new version of Tweetbot for the Mac that Ivory um, for the Mac will be will be based on. Not not out yet, but and, and these aren't out yet either. They're just invitation beta uh access so um that that's one of the things that kind of makes the mastodon stuff feel more real between between Tapbots doing this and certain certain people who i follow just doing read only on twitter not posting anymore but but then having conversations on mastodon um, it, it's uh ha- having a good mastodon client that you're familiar with that works so much like Twitter, I think is helpful. Um, and so for me, I've got access to the, to the alpha of ivory and I had made a couple of weeks ago, a new Macedon account. I guess I couldn't recover anything older than if I ever made one in the first place. Um, and I plugged it into ivory and that was, it was just last night. And that was the first time I actually felt like oh, I'm using this service the way it's meant to be used. Um, because the the I mean the app experience is just pretty big. Uh, if it was on the Mac, I think it'd be even better. You know, when it comes to the Mac, it'll be even better. But it, it I think the way I'm looking at it is this is kind of like the small Apple community part of Twitter that I enjoy, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a fraction of that as well because it's not the whole Apple community that, that's that's there. Um, but it's none of the stuff like following ming chi quo or cnbc reporters you know or um ross young and like all the all the places where stories come from that that you know we rewrite about um so, but so are people actually I'm, having
0: conversations over there I, th- I think clueless.
1: that yeah, yeah I, I think that there are i think that there's conversations that are happening on mastodon from people who who we probably follow together that are different from what's happening on Twitter. Some people are going all the way over there. Some people are just like doing conversation there that's different from what's on Twitter. Um, I haven't posted anything. I don't think I have any followers either. <laughs> but it, it also doesn't seem like, I mean, 9 to 5 Mac is on Mastodon. All of the 9 to 5 network sites are. Um, and and all, every story gets posted on Mastodon. I've, and I I've followed all the accounts there. So, but I have enough in my timeline that I can like look at it, scroll through a little bit and like maybe come back to it the next day. Uh, and and having the ivory app from tap I think makes that more of a habit because before it was like, I just don't care enough to spend time, invest time there. Um, like I had access to posts pretty early on and that's the same, the same thing where it's like, okay, but I don't want to invest in a bunch of these different things and see what works. Um, I did find the thing with Tapbots interesting because I was searching Twitter. They, they, Tapbots has their own uh, server instance on Mastodon, which is um, tapbots.social. And I don't think it's open for anyone to join. It's just the the three Tapbots uh, fellas. Um, but I was searching Twitter. Like, is it my I missing something? Is that are there a way to join that? And I found a tweet from like 2018, so four years ago, where uh, someone was asking for a Mastodon client by Tapbots. And Paul Haddad says something you know to the effect of we we got burned emotionally and financially in, in the past for for trying to, to 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 do the a twitter alternative, which was app dot net and it was netbot um and, and so it's it, it, you know you, you can't deny that at least this time things are changing for enough people that you know just just a single example is that tapbot sees an opportunity there for them
0: yeah um, I, I mean I was there for the app dot net thing. I remember paying twenty quid because you have to pay you have to pay for app.net. Like mm-hmm. it was like a paid upfront thing. I remember paying to get a handle. I remember everyone abandoning it within two weeks, and everyone's just wasting money for no reason, <laughs> and then going back to Twitter. Like I was burned too. I remember using whatever the net was it called Netbot, whatever the tweetbot was for app.net. I
1: think it was uh,
0: Netbot. Yeah, it was a dark icon. They still have the dark icon in the, in the tap in
1: the tweetbot app. It's like retro. Because it's like blue is tweetbot and then dark grey was was netbot. Yeah, I remember <laughs> those they, times they, they kept the icons. Yeah.
0: I would say this time around, more of a chance that mastodon actually takes a footing. Like I just you mentioned that 95 Mac is on mastodon and I just looked up while we we're talking. They have 5,000 followers, which is more than I would have guessed considering how big I feel like Macedon is. So 5,000 is not bad but you look at the timeline and like all of the posts have n- almost no engagement so yeah it's still early days it's early days but it it feels way but like if in the app.net time frame the 95 mac app.net account would have not got 5000 followers so right. it's and, there's and, and more that, of an uprising this time around
1: yeah and that account um our 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 coworker uh, Aaron set it up from scratch all the accounts from scratch just this past like cycle of Mastodon interest so they started at zero then in the first day it was close to a thousand and then the first week it broke a thousand um and this all in the last like three weeks so so yeah and and we talked internally too about how much should we invest time and resources into mastodon um as something that could be a thing in the future i think we kind of came down on just let's just have a presence there but not put like money towards having our own server, et cetera, for now. So
0: eh, I don't know. But I mean, I have an I, account. You can follow me if you want. I haven't posted anything. I don't even have my profile picture set up, but if people are actually having real conversations over there, once a a tweet, you know, a, a tweet bot client for, for Mastodon comes out or something, i yeah, I consider it for sure. Yeah. where can people uh find your your no profile picture account on <laughs> mastodon I'm, post? I'm at BZMAO at social, so the main Mastodon server, I managed to get where the When did name you in. make that? I think they closed submissions. Uh, right, 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 yeah. So you, I made it in 2018. They... Okay. Something happened 20... in 2018 where everyone thought that Twitter was going to die, and so everyone made Mastodon account, but then nothing really happened. I can't remember exactly what it is. I think it might have been Jack Dorsey saying they weren't going to allow any third-party Twitter clients anymore. Something like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he yeah. wanted the electricity back in Twitter, so i like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I didn't make one in 2018. Uh, I mean, I really like Twitter, and, and I understand when people leave Twitter and they want to they want to invest their time on another platform. And I think it's totally fine. Um, and I understand people who don't. And I mean, for me, it's it's tough to. I, I know you are like twenty seven thousand followers or so on Twitter, so that you've got a pretty big. You know, if you tweet something, a lot of people interact with it. I'm down um, to twenty
0: six. <laughs> people okay, keep leaving I, mean, I don't know if yeah. i don't know if, if elon's cracking and, down on the bots or people just don't care about me anymore but yeah. i'm down to 26.6 well, like, now like i'm he did say
1: yesterday though, that he did say yesterday like in the middle of the um the Neuralink event when he was presenting it was like a tweet went out and it was like we're, we're getting rid of a lot of bots You expect your follower accounts to go down I screenshot of mine it didn't change so all my <laughs> followers are real Wow. Well,
0: um, i I'm, I'm, people are, elon's just revealing the artificial followers that i clearly bought to follower <laughs> account. Yeah. Um uh, but I mean I had the experience for a couple of weeks of using a, a
1: fresh Twitter account a fresh Twitter account with just, you know, 500 followers or so. And the utility of it was just so much less than it is using my account of 10 years where I've got, you know, 16,000 followers and almost everything I I post will get some interaction which which feels fulfilling. It's like, you know, people have you're having a conversation. Um so so I'm still very much invested in, in Twitter and and uh but I am I am Mastodon Curious, I suppose. And for me, so I, I just made an account a couple of weeks ago and so the Mastodon.social wasn't open anymore. And it was kind of just I mean, choosing which server to use. fortunately, you know, you can move your account between them if you decide to, but um, I just found one that had the cleanest name and then also seemed to be ran by like somebody who was reasonable. Um and it's it's home dot social. So so mine is uh i think to like to link it i i, I typed in home.social slash at zac but i guess you could do at zac at home.social as well you know just, just to <laughs> get the confusion on there but um yeah so well, i guess we'll, we'll put links of those those in the show notes if you want to follow either of us there
0: um, yeah we'll, or 9 i'm i'm still a bit conflicted like on whether this is it like whether people are actually Gonna to commit to Mastodon now. Whether they're gonna come back uh, after another couple of months, it really depends on what Musk does. Like he's done some bad stuff, but he hasn't done anything so bad that I feel like I should move. Do you know
1: what I mean? Like you know what he hasn't done? He hasn't restored the account for at zac at zach <laughs> because I check every day. Well, every every few days.
0: Yeah, the other thing suspended. is yeah the other thing is like mastodon is not friendly to the mass market that's just a fact right like yeah, general sure. the general I mean, public is not moving to mastodon it's just not going to happen they, uh, i
1: mean even for us as like
0: techie people
1: it takes you know at least for me it takes having a, a client that i'm already familiar
0: with from twitter yep. <laughs> to, yeah i mean be, I, I haven't bothered to sign into the at mastodon at, at bzma at mastodon account in Years maybe. <laughs> um, like I I just don't get the inclination to go there. But at least we, you know, figured out how to set it up and everything, and then theoretically we mm. could follow people and, and tweet and stuff. Like the the wider part of the appeal of Twitter is that yeah, it's got all the Apple people there, but it's also just got the news and random celebrities and the whole world on there. And that's never gonna happen with Mastodon. I don't know if some other service is gonna rise up, like maybe you know tiktok or someone like adds a twitter like service to their existing social platform kind of builds out that way a bit like how you know facebook died away a little bit and instagram took over even though they weren't like one-to-one replacements for each other if you get if you get what i'm saying but maybe mastodon can live on as just like an apple community thing or you know like a tech community thing or like an you know enthusiast community thing uh but i don't feel like we've we've hit the precipice yet where that's a guarantee it still remains a question mark but yeah, at least it exists. I'm, I'm go for it, people. Like it's, it's done way better than I thought it would. Like if you'd have asked me in October if I thought Mastodon would have, you know, 220,000 active accounts right this second, uh, I would have said no way. And that's where they are. Yeah. So they've got, some, they've got some reach. Yeah. Speaking of the tech challenges there, uh, I made the account on Mastodon's
1: website and I cannot log in with my email and password on Mastodon's website but it works in
0: ivory in the, in the tapbot's app so they're also the same- you know they're also a very small group of people faced with unprecedented levels of demand so everything keeps breaking like right? yeah yeah i mean social. you have to be lucky if the website loads at the moment like it's so it's so <laughs> slammed and they're not a big they're not a big company with loads of backing it's like crowdfunded i'm pretty sure and you know they're making like $30,000 a month or something that's not enough to keep them a social media site online permanently, twenty four seven. So there's a lot of startup issues that they're dealing with at the moment. Yeah. So here, here's my unofficial and
1: unresearched endorsement of Home not Social <laughs> because it's, <a> clean, <laughs> it's clean. It's clean. It's it's short and clean.
0: <laughs> also, this week, Happy Hour is brought to you by Rocket Money. Are you wasting money on subscriptions? Eighty percent of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about, and you know at the moment how all of these services keep bumping up their prices. So cutting down really can save you money. I mean, if you don't use them, why are you paying for them? Because you forget and there's not a good way to keep track of things. Maybe for you, it's an unused Amazon Prime account or maybe a streaming service that you no longer watch. Well, there's an app to help stop you from wasting money on subscriptions that you don't even use. I think it's a great idea. You might even have heard of it before. It's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. Go to rocketmoney.com slash happy hour and download the app. Sign up and the app simply shows you all of your subscriptions in one place, so nothing's hidden. You can then use the app to cancel whatever you don't want. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions that you don't know you were paying for, or instances where you've been double charged for a subscription and you didn't realise it was happening. To cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press the cancel button. Rocket Money takes care of the rest. And it acts as a monitor for subscriptions that you do want to keep, like notifying you when a subscription, subscription goes up in price, and it can even remind you when free trials are about to end. So get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money right now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash happy hour. Seriously, it could save you hundreds of dollars per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash happy hour. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash happy hour. Thanks to Rocket Money for sponsoring the show. There's some Apple Watch topics to run through here. We've got the Oceanic
1: Plus app. It's now live. This is the... Third-party app that Apple leaned on during the Apple Watch Ultra presentation. Um, Apple Watch Ultra on its own can do things like measure uh, depth when you're swimming and water temperature when you're in the water. But to be a, a an actual dive computer, you need the Oceanic Plus app. Uh, it's subscription-based. Uh, you The know, whole thing is that it's launched this week, so you can now use it and use the Apple Watch to its full potential if you are a recreational diver it's subscription-based but you do get a good deal for free and you you can check we've got our coverage of of you know kind of ha- how the the prices are running and everything one thing i'm wondering here is that you know with series two and later apple apple did a big partnership with nike uh, which tim cook is uh, on the board or some in some capacity with nike but um they lean heavily on the, the Series 2 got GPS for the first time, and so you could do a, a run track with your location and everything without... um This is pretty cellular, but it was there's like, this is the watch for runners. And so they used the Nike Run Club app as the watch for runners because there was a, the whole community thing there. Um But in, in years since then, Apple's totally just ran circles around the Nike Run Club app in terms of advanced features for runners. And so the Nike Run Club app went from being like, this is the the app for runners to this is the casual app for like people who already use the app and and the workout app has the most information for for running. So I wonder if you know fast forward five years, if Apple will have you know hired or acquired or just spent time investing on it in its own software. It doesn't seem sustainable to always rely on a third party company for a a you know a marketable feature of the Apple Watch, but. Also I guess these these folks are the experts in the area. So what what do you think?
0: Yeah, cuz like they have a depth app in like apple made in the apple watch ultra. So they gave very basic depth information. They 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 consider that to be a a necessary thing they have to put in the system. But then they didn't go the extra mile for the full like depth computer diving experience kind of stuff, which doesn't feel too far away from, you know, once you've coded a depth app, is it that much more to just do it all on like, I don't know, maybe like, uh, I guess, otherwise they would have done it. So it's, uh, it always fascinates me when Apple decides to partner with another company for anything, whether it's hardware or software, because they're so remiss to do it. But in certain pockets of their company, they're like, we'll let a third party app do that. Or we'll let Bale King make this stupid accessory, you know? Um, And with the Dive computer, I'm not familiar enough with Diving to know the intricacies of it all. Uh, but it seems like something that, like the Apple Watch Ultra... One big part of its appeal is, you know, going under the surface and swimming around at, at, at low depths and it has the hardware ratings. It feels like something they'd want more in-house. And so I wonder maybe behind the scenes if, like, Apple made a deal with the Oceanic people for, like, we'll, we'll you'll guarantee you'll continue to make and maintain and update this app for X number of years or something and we'll give it promotion. Maybe something along those lines. Because, yeah, it does feel kind of risky to be like to cede all control to a third-party app that could do whatever it wanted. Like maybe even Apple had some say in the fact that the app would have free features and not just be paid exclusive because the the pricing model is interesting because it is a subscription, but you do get quite a lot of the functionality uh, available for free. So like they have a basic plan, which is free, which includes like depth and time tracking as well as like logging dives. But if you need full access to the complicated features like decompression tracking and Planning locations and the full logbook. Then you have to pay the subscription, which is uh, nine ninety nine a month or seventy nine ninety nine a year. Um, so maybe Apple had a uh, a conversation with them in terms of like we'll give you a heads up by Apple Watch Ultra. We'll give you some engineering support. Uh, we'll give you some marketing advertising budget. Uh, but you have to do you know you have to meet these criteria. You have to promise to keep the app going for X number of years. And those kind of like business uh, deals we just don't see from the outside.
1: Yeah, you, you get 16 features for free. And then there are eight, like the decompressions stuff you mentioned that are behind the, the the paywall there. Um, One thing that also is just interesting about this to me is that they are the official partner for Apple Watch Ultra to bring in a function of Apple Watch Ultra that's marketed by Apple. But their marketing images, they use bands, I, I guess it's the ocean band, but they, they use three, one's yellow, which exists, although I don't think it's quite this yellow, uh, and then one's blue and one's pink. These are these do not, do not exist. And, mm. and the copy for the, the Oceanic Plus app, like it's clearly untouched by Apple because it's download the Oceanic Plus app on the App Store here, App Store being lowercase. Like this, <laughs> this is not, I mean, you, if you looked at it, you would just think, it's just a third-party app that doesn't, you know, like one of those really great developers. <laughs> so, so interesting things there, but it, it, it that's available now. It's just, um, you know, one of the, the things promised by Apple for this year. Uh, also, I, I spent some time using an Apple Watch Series 8 w- uh, with the Apple Watch Ultra back and forth and just kind of reinforced some of the things I thought early on, which is that the Series 7 and 8, like even the aluminum versions, they look so futuristic compared to the Apple Ultra because of how much like, the the display to bezel ratio is just so much higher than on the Ultra, even though the Ultra display is larger. Um, so they look super sleek and like futuristic. The Ultra is so practical, though, with its battery life that if you're comparing the same price, you know, you're looking at $800 versus $800 for either one. It, the Ultra is just so practical for battery life. You can just you can just do more of everything with it without worrying about using your battery um I, I do want to see more bands for the apple watch ultra maybe some of the ones that uh, oceanic plus thinks exist <laughs> different colors of existing bands um would, would be nice to see more styles of bands though too because um you, you can use you know other bands from apple or, or third parties but um i think the three that they've got are, are a great start but I, I do hope we see like more variety there i'd like to see a darker case color for the apple Watch ultra because the, the i think it's the the biggest thing between these the series 8 and the ultra 2 is that you can get dark colored series 8 watches but you can only get the light color apple watch ultra uh and and then i guess lastly i'd love to see more watch faces for the apple watch ultra specifically you know we went through this whole thing where from the series 4 until now there were watch faces designed for the series 0 through 3 that were adapted to the series four and later, but not really optimized for them. They even had a whole separate version of complications that didn't exist on the old faces that changed with um, watchOS nine with, with Apple watch ultra though, it's like almost resetting the problem there because some of the faces are, are larger versions of the faces on the other watches. Some of them have just a lot of unused screen space and it's like the same size as the other watch faces. And there's only one watch face that is specific to the ultra, which is, um the wayfinder face so um i i you know i, I think they launched with everything just fine but i hope that in you know the spring season or next fall we see some of these things that i'm I'm hoping to see more for the you know like a darker version uh option um and then just a random aside over the thanksgiving break i was uh with with family and uh years ago I gave my younger brother my Space Black, the stainless Steel Space Black Series 2 Apple Watch. And I switched from it. This was right after I got really into running. So I switched from the stainless Steel Space Black Series 2 to uh, an aluminum version, one of the Nike versions. And uh, so I gifted him the the Series 2 watch. And he ended up not using an iPhone for several years. And so he gave it to his wife. And at Thanksgiving, she was still using it. (laughs) It was just to me like wild because i've gifted apple watches to family before and like not everyone uses them all the time or even sticks with it and and she was using this one this series two <laughs> when we're on series eight now and i had had uh, a, a spare like series seven that i was not sure what to do with and i said can i trade you this so i've created it to the to the s7 and now i have my original space black series two back on my position it runs oh, the wow. watch. was yeah it, it's the one like that I got into running with. Um, it runs watchOS 6. something. I would love to be able to roll it back to an earlier version of watchOS. I think like, you know, if you were an engineer at Apple, you could probably pull it off. I'm not sure that there's other methods of doing that, though. Uh, but the, the biggest thing, maybe I'll consider doing this in the future, but the better life is just so bad. She wasn't using it paired to the iPhone anymore. She had upgraded iPhones and just didn't change the pairing status of it. Uh, so (laughs) I I purchased the iF to to my iPhone and you get about two hours of battery life. (laughs) Like it'll drain on (laughs) its own on the table and connect it to anything like an airplane, but it'll just drain. So (laughs) it's pretty and because it's Watch was six, I don't think it has the battery health information that was added later on. So you just know it's not a great battery inside. Um
0: but that was kind of sentimental though. It's like, oh that's 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 classic and i was space thinking, black space black is such a good color people still hang on to it yeah i was thinking seven like, years
1: on i was like this this must have sailor because it's still. and i was like wait no it's series two this is before they ever had sailor at all so <laughs> there's no no red ring around the dial or anything so it's pretty cool and then and then lastly over thanksgiving break i was visiting um one of my sisters and she lives i, I knew she lived in a, an area where it's just outside of cell service range and so when the satellite features on the iphone 14 were announced i thought of visiting her just as a definitive place to go and test this stuff out because there's no service where she lives she's got wi-fi but i'm not on her wi-fi and so when i was there for thanksgiving um visiting for the for for a day i thought oh the 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 satellite stuff's there now i don't want to actually like do the emergency stuff because you can do the demo for that anywhere um, but i did want to try to take advantage of the share your location from find my which uses satellite the satellite stuff and i did and it worked <laughs> it was cool so i I finally got to experience i guess all of the iphone 14 satellite features aside from actually being in an emergency
0: so and, cool. how, and how do you do the location you have to go on like a separate screen or something right like it because normal find my just updates your location in the background but for satellite you have to like go into it right
1: yeah yeah so it's the find my app and it's the me tab at the at the bottom right and then
0: the me tab that's a weird place to put it
1: yeah the me tab um because there you've got options for sharing your location or not where to share it from your iPhone your iPad your Apple Watch whichever one's active um and then there's a there's a section there my location via satellite and if you're on Wi-Fi or cellular it will say not available learn more and you open it up and it says you you know if if the iPhone knows that you could use internet access it will not use the satellite only when you you know it says sos in the corner um and so you can't just do it you can't just like turn on airplane mode and fake it <laughs> and try it out you've got to actually be in an area without service or maybe like have like a Faraday cage or whatever it's called <laughs> fake it but uh it it was, you know, when I was at her house and there was no service, I, I was able to try it and it didn't say not available. It was like it had the the prompt for actually using it, and it's just like the demo shows with, with uh, sending emergency text or call, um, where you have to find the satellite being the right direction and everything, um, and then you wait for it to load. Like it's it wasn't instant at all. It took like several seconds, maybe even a minute or more, for it to send the location. But eventually, it, it did, and it's like all right, and that, that, that and that's said, cool, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just wish it. I think. I think putting it on the me tab is a bit undiscoverable. Like it should be on the map. Like yeah, below the little location or in, button in the top right. Or just have a little satellite indicator or something. Or in messages. Or in messages, yeah. yeah, that'd work too. Yeah. yeah, you're like, you're like, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm, uh, I'm on this hike. I'm not actually like in an emergency situation, but I can't uh share my location, you know, with with my partner or or who I'm traveling with. And so you know, go to go to their contact, go to their messages thread, and then you know, get the little app row there you know have one for find find my tap it do it there because having to go you know to to the like you said the the find my app and the me tab specifically and then scroll down it is a bit buried but it also doesn't encourage you to, to abuse it <laughs> you know
0: use more i, I you do shouldn't. wonder if partly it costs Apple a lot of money to send these messages so they kind of like just make hide it away to make sure you're only doing it if you're actually in like emergency circumstances because it's not marketed as a free-for-all Satellite right. service. It's emergency SOS by a satellite. Yeah, yep. We're also still kind of waiting for the first like, you know, dear Tim story for the find my satellite, save my life situation, which I'm sure is coming in uh, the not too. Oh, that, that that reminds me. We don't have it in the notes this week,
1: but they they released uh what sixteen point one point two, and and it has an it has an uh, an improvement to the algorithm for uh crash detection. <laughs> so the, the theory is that this is about Improving false positives, if you're on a roller coaster, or most recently we saw we saw one where skiers were were setting it off on an accident. Uh, so so the curiosity thing it is is like it does this fix that we don't know, but it's kind of interesting. Is this update improves uh, crash detection <laughs> performance?
0: <laughs> Finally, this week we are sponsored by tailscale Typically, setting up a virtual private network is time consuming. And requires a lot of it support to configure and manage but it doesn't have to be that way that's where tailscale comes in get 12 months of tailscale personal pro for free with code 9 to 5 mac just get a tailscale account for free install and authenticate tailscale on at least two devices and connect them to create a tailnet. and that's it tailscale runs anywhere letting you create a secure mesh network enabling you to easily manage access to private resources and give teams or individuals secure access to resources without exposing them to the whole wide internet connections between devices on your tailscale network are automatically authenticated and encrypted and developers can use tailscale ssh to initiate connections between devices without having to worry about carefully managing rotating and revoking ssh private keys i've been looking out into how to get my synology nas accessible from anywhere without exposing a load of ports on my router and that's just one of the things you can achieve with a tailscale network they have a pre-made package for Synology, so setup is super simple i'm definitely going to do that very soon uh, so that's tailscale the simple vpn service go to tailscale.com to find out more and use code 95mac for 12 months free of personal pro plan thanks to tailscale for sponsoring the show all
1: right we're at, we're at the end of the year now we're we're seeing apple and others do kind of year end wrap up uh, and releases and so we've got the app store apps of the year uh list for 2022 uh they they highlight uh, apps that demonstrate abundant possibilities across apple devices so that's kind of the theme this year <laughs> those are big uh and then they also have a separate category this year that is uh apps that have a cultural impact so they they, they want to include apps in that category as well um from the apps list, they do an app per device of the year, and so be real the the social network app thing is the iPhone app of the year. I mean, have you ever used that? No, I haven't because I mean, I I don't want more. Yeah, <laughs> I want I want less, and I want to like do that's being real, or doing less. Yeah, yeah, I want to do well on less. So yeah, have not used it. But it is the app of the year uh, for the iPhone. I mean, I, I guess it, it, it's clever. I mean, it, it is. It has been trendy this year. I guess it started this year or became popular this year, and it takes advantage of the Apple hardware because it's like post selfie of where you are at a certain time, you know. And so, it's using the iPhone, Wait,
0: it takes like the front camera and the back camera at the same time, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. like That's the like little the front, like the little front back app. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, the iPad app. I never used it. <laughs> come on be real the <laughs> ipad app of the year is good notes 5 uh which I, I, again i i kind of see what they're going here where it's like taking advantage of the of the device form factor yep. and what it can do so good notes you know obviously is um touchscreen apple pencil input that that kind of thing
0: and um, they they used to use notability as their go to like they notes did, drawing app yeah. for the ipad but recently they've switched to good notes for whatever reason Whoever whoever's running apps to editorial really <laughs> like good notes at the moment yeah, maybe maybe they're doing just more updates or
1: something. Maybe maybe they have hover pencil support and that's the thing. It, it, they um, should have
0: they should have done freeform. <laughs>
1: they, they should. <laughs> that's for next year. <laughs> the uh, Mac app of the year is Mac Family Tree ten. I used a Mac Family Tree version maybe eight or seven years ago, and you know you 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 do your own family tree. It's, it's really easy to use. I think it's nice. I'm not sure what the like year-on-year updates are f- due, but yeah. <laughs> it is. It is an app in the Mac App Store, and so it, it's a paid app in the Mac App Store, and so it's been awarded Mac App of the Year. Um, Apple TV Vix, don't know what that. Don't know what it is.
0: I think it's it is a, th- a cable network in France.
1: Yeah.
0: Huh. So basically, <laughs> it's just like the cable network app for France. From Televisa Univision Interactive. I feel like these, um, or maybe it's Spain or something. Um, these these uh, recommendations kind of showed the state of the respective app stores of those platforms. Not quite yeah. as vibrant. Let's put it that way. I I agree. Yeah, yeah.
1: I I can't open the app store link for for Vix or whatever it's called. <laughs> it says not available in your region.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm. You know, like how you get um the Xfinity Flex app for yes. Apple TV. It's like that, but for it's Spain. I've just looked it up. It's the Spanish streaming platform
1: nice and then the apple watch app of the year i think is a, is a good one um, our former colleague um jose wrote much about gentler streak and that is the apple watch app of the year this is kind of a a, a looser take on the idea of activity tracking and and streaks obviously so it's it, it, it that's a fun pick because it's like people want rest days uh <laughs> for, for activity <laughs> and Apple hasn't done it yet. They let you lower your move ring and your stand ring and your exercise ring goals or increase, but they they chose a gentler streak as the Apple type of the year. Um, This must've been the year where that either became a th- launched or became, you know, more mainstream, more featured. They do lots and lots of updates. So
0: it seems the, the sensibility about the, the the philosophy behind your um, behind gentle streak definitely seems like the kind of thing Apple should copy eventually, get amalgamate into the Activity app itself because they just they need they need to make it less strict about you know rest days and not if you don't literally do fill your rings for every single day of the year you get so punished it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. So so they they do the, they they promote you for one year and then they start lucky the next year. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um on the games categories they've got this it, it, is this is kind of interesting they do uh, iphone ipad mac apple tv apple arcade separately but they also do china game of the year which is league of legends esports manager um so i thought that that was interesting that they break it out but every other game of the year i think is is uh, fortnite but no wait no no not a fortnite apex a- legends apex legends
0: iPhone. is fortnite
1: but not fortnite yeah 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 uh, mind cage for the ipad inscription for the mac i don't know these games yeah i don't know um, these games either el hiho for the apple tv i don't know and then wildflowers is the apple arcade game of the year good job apple that's like the um obama meme where you give yourself an award <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and then and then i'll just run through the, the, the names of the uh, cultural impact apps how we feel dots home lock it widget water llama and a new uh, a story in nice and time i know the locket widget one because that's yeah the locket widget is can... cool
0: that's where you can put like a yeah. photo on your lock screen to share with friends and stuff that one's... yeah yeah you you
1: you both use the widget and then you both supply photos for to display there right like
0: you could yeah mm-hmm. yeah we... and i think now you can leave like little messages and stuff as well yeah. like it's like a little personal locket meant for like close family or you know partners and stuff yeah like, and that's very emergent because that started with the i was 14 widget so it's not that old at all yeah, this, this is
1: this is meaning you use this. This is how we play the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 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 that's the app store stuff. Um, we saw I guess uh me artist of the year a few weeks ago, which is uh, bad bunny. Bad, Bu- bad bunny. <laughs> it super family friendly. Uh, and 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 then there's podcasts of the year we went out this week. It wasn't happy hour, which is super weird, but but it's uh, okay. I think it was slow burn from Slate. Uh. But we haven't seen like the awards specific for Apple Music and, and podcasts, so maybe that's still to come. Um what we did see was the Apple Music Replay, which is Apple's take on uh what's is it Spotify wrapped? Yeah. 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 YouTube has rewind. It's so hard to keep up with these things. But Apple Music Replay, uh it's changed this year. It's not in the music app still, which is where you'd expect to see it. It's linked pretty heavily in the music app, takes you to the webpage in Safari, but it's got a nicer presentation this year. What's, what's changed there?
0: Yeah, it's it's way better, but it's still not good enough because <laughs> it's it's like Spotify has even... like So, so before, you go to the replayed Apple Music website, they'd give you like a pretty dry listing of like, Here's your top artists. Here's your top albums. Here's your top playlists. Have fun, and then you get the playlist in the music app, which shows your, which constantly updates over the course of the year, showing you know your top songs, um, which is a cool feature. But the 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 end of the year recap thing was kind of drab. For 2022, they've overhauled it so that now when you go to replay.music.apple.com, you get like a kind of instagram stories or tiktok kind of presentation with like about seven or eight pages and there's a lot more animation it's a lot more dynamic of a slideshow with like background music and stuff flying around and it's a lot more fun and a lot more shareable as well because there's like they're like iphone size you get like one page per thing and you can see like how many total listening minutes you've had over the year you know genres your favorite genres and artists and stuff it's just put into a much you know they've actually taken the effort to present it much better but it still is like enclosed inside safari and you have to which then for most people means you have to re-log in on your phone like you click watch apple music replay and it takes you to safari so then you have to re-log in with your apple id like a load of steps that people just aren't going to bother with. It would be what Spotify does is it's just directly inside the Spotify application so you can just see it and you can share it and you can and it becomes like a social media thing for a few days. Um and it's just a better implementation because it's fully native and they have even more categories and stuff like the Apple Music one This year is like taking the data they showed you before, but putting it in a a much nicer package. Uh, But Spotify has even more graphs and charts and other stuff you can compare with. So it's a, it's a, it's a, for for three years in a row, we complained about the Apple Music replay being kind of rubbish and it never changed at all. So for this year, it's actually way better. So they get credit for that, but they've still got a bit more to go to fully integrate it into the Apple Music service.
1: Yeah. Both Apple Music and Spotify, the, on these results that they give you, people question them. <laughs> I think the theory with Apple Music is that maybe it doesn't count iTunes matched content or content that you purchase from iTunes or brought in outside of Apple Music. That it's,
0: I think it doesn't count stuff that's downloaded. That's my guess. Is that like okay. to listen to music like offline? It's it, not a those stream. Play counts just never go. Yeah, just never get counted for. So only if you're streaming only does it count. That's my prediction on what's going on because. I feel like if you're off, it, feel, it feels like a very apply cloud thing where if you're just like downloaded a bunch of music and playing it offline, then it never resaves or sends those play counts back up to the server or something. Yeah, I can see that. The thing is, with Spotify, I just have no idea what, <laughs> but I've seen people call those rules in the question every single year, including this year. Uh, my, my app Music Replay says I got total minutes of 4,487. That seems too <laughs> low. Like I don't listen to music every single day, 24-7. Uh, 4, 4, which some people do but yeah. i'm pretty sure i've listened to more than 4,000 minutes so something's or wrong f- somewhere does it all go through your home pod is that what it is i do listen to a lot on the home pod so maybe does, that doesn't doesn't count, <laughs> count for... yeah
1: yeah i <sighs> let's see I, I i mean despite how accurate and accurate it is i do find the data interesting uh mm. 4052 mm. songs this year for me um my uh I think 1, minutes 000. is like the
0: very last page you can like. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, my minutes is like 97,000. So it's way above. Yeah, 4,
0: like Which... mine's, I'd expect mine to be like 20,000, you know, like something sure. like that. So yeah.
1: 4,000 just seems way too low. So mine yeah. should probably be like 200,000 then. <laughs> <laughs> 1613 artist. My artist of the year is Lana Del Rey. It makes sense. I discovered Lana Del Rey like last December. So it makes, makes sense. 231 albums. What I thought was interesting was they tell you if you're in the top 100 listeners of an artist. And for me, I had that for one artist, which is uh Alkaline Trio's uh one one of their singers and guitar players Matt Skiba. He had a two album release side project called Matt Skiba in the Secrets and it's uh it's probably like 10 years old, but it's pretty obscure. In in the universe of of alternative rock, I suppose, and so I'm in the top 100 listeners of 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 in the secrets for 2022, yeah, and then and then my music is like I'm trying to find the actual number, but it was definitely 97,000. I thought the music thing, my my take on that was like, oh, this helps you take the uh, the, the the price increase for Apple Music uh, <laughs> makes makes it go down better when they say you you listen to almost 100,000 minutes of music. I think someone did did the did some some math on it. It was like eight, basically about eight hours a day or so. so it makes sense. Uh, and then I want to mention something with specific what Spotify does with theirs because Spotify does have podcast in their app. They they do for Spotify Wrapped, they present podcast information. And I saw Marker Armit mention that he's going to work on this feature every single year. He gets the feature request to do it for Overcast. Uh. Seems like something Apple should do too. If <laughs> you know, you, you got Spotify, and then there are a of apps looking at it. Um, but a uh, fellow named Dylan Gibson, who I went to high school with, a friend of mine, uh, he he posted his Spotify Wrapped results for podcast, and and guess what? We are number one for Dylan, and I think that's really cool. It was, that it was is cool. Made me smile. Yeah. Uh, and then and then lastly, the uh, uh, quick mention of HomePod stuff from me to you um as you know i've got see one two three home pod minis in my position i went down a rabbit hole this past week where i, I started sharing pictures on twitter of home white home pods original home pods for sale on like ebay and facebook marketplace that are anything but white like what yep. i called one I called Beige really blew up. <laughs> I, I think I, I, I did the picture and then I followed the tweet with like a link to the eBay listing. And I saw the number of like watchers increase <laughs> on that random day yesterday for that. But uh, I, I did secure three big home pods.
0: Three? Three big home pods. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Every, what comes around comes around because you started with what? <laughs> six back in the day? yeah yeah and then you went to zero and now you're back at three yeah i
1: sold them when they stopped making when they were like we're not gonna do homepod anymore we're just gonna do many because that made me mad but uh you know you still got you you still have yours uh i i my mom has one that i bought her years ago and every time i see her including this past week i'm always just like i just want to take it back (laughs) it's like I, i i i really thought about Hey, I'll give you this—the new one, the mini. <laughs> Place <laughs> that one, but that would be terrible as a gift to exchange. So, um, yeah, I—I was—I spent a lot of time looking just at the market of what HomePods go for. Uh, you see people doing them for like four hundred, for three fifty, for three hundred. Um, I found three that were under what most were going for. They were like two hundred dollars each, and so that was they're all white all in pristine condition compared to the ones that were like covered in tobacco and nicotine it's terrible uh so so i've got one i'm picking up today and then the other two come uh next week and i gotta tell you me i'm excited got my series two space black Watchback and some home pods
0: big home pods are great i'm, I'm probably it. gonna use them with my new tv as, as speakers yeah so.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll but... have a stereo pair and then a solo HomePod big pod, and I've still got the 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 three minis and so I mean I did consider like I, I've got one mini in the living room and then two in my bedroom for the TV speakers and I've had one in my in my son's room off and on he uses it like for not just for music when he, he plays uh sea shanties on repeat but also w- when I do have things connected to HomeKit in his room he'll use it for that and so i i found uh i think it's like ks link or i forget the name of the brand but they do a home kit wall switch for like like plug adapter for ten dollars which seems it's like twenty dollars and it's half off right now for the holidays so ten bucks gets you a home kit wall outlet seems pretty good so i want to put that on his bedroom fan so he can turn his fan on and off with siri and um but but you know all that say i can take the three home minis and then put them elsewhere now so like one in the kitchen one in his room um one, one somewhere else <laughs> so yeah yeah I, I i was going just for the one and i reached out to the to the guy i was on marketplace and i said hey i'll, I'll buy this from you if i can pick it up tomorrow afternoon and then i found the, the two on ebay and i was like huh that's two from the same per- same vendor and it's also for a good price so i ordered those and then the guy got back to him he was like yeah for sure <laughs> it's like you know what i'm gonna do the third one too why not so
0: <laughs> and now apple so, can finally bring back the home pod and bring out a new version
1: yeah i mean yeah it's i finally <laughs> you I'm crack um, the curse you <laughs> crack the code yep <laughs> so, yeah so I'm, I'm looking forward to joining you and having um uh, big home pods in my mix as well as is the small one so can't wait. Um, all right. That is the happy hour podcast for this week. If you have any feedback for the show, you can email Benjamin and I together at happy at nine to five Mac.com. You can subscribe for $5 a month or $50 per year for the ad free version of this podcast and Apple podcast. Uh, you can follow the show for free. We appreciate everyone who supports our sponsors as well. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at apollozac that's a-p-o-l-l-o-z-a-c and this week only i'll mention again mastodon <laughs> i think is home.social at z-a-c
0: so yeah <laughs> and benjamin where are you on the internet i'm at Mayo and at Mayo <laughs> at mastodon.social clean yeah <laughs> not not the least bit clunky <laughs>
1: not at all i'm on post us, at, baby yeah i'm on post at apollo i could i couldn't just get zach because you had to have a six character or a more username <laughs> it's like no i'm here early and i can't get zach whatever I'm like, oh. but i'm not gonna use that thing <laughs> 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 all right that's the show talk to everyone next week bye bye-bye